This is Father Bonaventure Chapman. This is Father Joseph Anthony Crest. Welcome to Godsplaining, or welcome back, I hope. Thanks to all those who support us if you enjoy the show. Please consider making a monthly donation, or a daily donation, or an hourly donation, or a 15-minute do- donation. Be sure to like and subscribe to Godsplaining wherever you listen to your podcasts. Father Jacob Bur- <sighs> Fantastic. Yeah, let's exactly. go. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> Father Joseph Anthony, it has been so long since yes. I have done an episode with you that I have forgotten that you are not Father Jacob Bertrand. Father Jacob Bertrand. So it has been, I mean, since basically Rob Casmark, Ka- um, right? I think it's been think that long since we did episode? that guest episode with them, which was by far a great guest episode. If you're listening now, go back, listen to our guest episode with Rob Casmark from Spirit Juice Studios. We talk about Marvel movies. We talk about cinematography and storytelling. It's one of my favorite episodes that I've done. He's fantastic. Um, we need to bring, we need to, you know, we should do a Marvel one directly. Let's do a guest explaining back with him again on Marvel movies. Uh, in the comment box, like, if you want movies. to know, comment, if you want to know Mar- Marvel movies um, from a guy who's a producer and such, um, put down in the comment comment sections people you'd like to see that and father yeah. joseph anthony and i will do a marvel movie one with him be because great. he's super great about everything he's a super fun guy <laughs> check out his yeah. spirit juice in general so he's just a great great guy. So we okay we're gonna do that but other than thinking about uh, rob and how great he is um and how much fun that was and the fact that i haven't seen you in a while what's going on like catch me up in the last six months i know i know it's it's good to get the backbenchers united again i feel like we we kind of had to like go back our own ways and yes. get back with the main the main That's three right. and and yeah. whatnot but yeah look at us you know the riffraff keeping it going um yeah listen i love summers in central virginia you know virginia you, um you have family in, in the true. central virginia area and it's fantastic it's just such a great time to be out here um, starting to switch gears a little bit into the summer work and prepping for the new academic year. Um, we're very lucky and blessed. Our, our campus ministry staff has been expanding because the ministry is expanding and we need more staff to serve the student population here. So it's, it's a fun challenge as a leader. It's a fun challenge as a chaplain to start to like switch gears and say, okay, how do I lead this expanded staff in a new way? Mm. Like, all those skills and like kind of moving from a mom and pop shop over to like a legitimate uh, ministry and business. You can't rely on those same skill sets. You have to like re relearn and reorient. So that's a fun challenge for me is as a leader uh, and uh, the, the leader of this ministry to kind of challenge myself and reorient and think, how do I become a better chaplain? How do I become a better leader of our staff and making sure that we're yeah. uh, moving in the same direction? So it's, it's a fun time. It's exciting. It's also kind of terrifying. I'm like well, is this, how long, how many, how long have you been the chaplain there? Is this a fifth year or fourth, six, fourth year, six five years, man, five years. Five years. I got yeah, down here, years. uh, about right, five and a half years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love great. it. I love it. Yeah. That's so. great. Well, I'm sure it's, yeah. Plenty of stories over top of that. Maybe we'll have to do a, oh, gosh, yeah. uh, but chap, yeah, I want to kick it back and kick it back to you and say like, where are you sitting for the summer now? Uh, what's, what's I going on am, I travel around a little bit, but my main work, okay. uh, as many people will know, is just to sit at a desk and, and, uh, translate German and write a dissertation stuff. Um, but <laughs> I am heading to Philly for a retreat, uh, to give a retreat to, uh, the pink sisters, uh, this, this coming week, if you're listening to this, this was in the past. Um, but, uh, so I'll be going to Philadelphia and, and doing a retreat there. And, um, I'm excited to, to, to give a little retreat and do a, go on a retreat myself. As well, and we'll talk about phenomenology, and uh, it'll be unintelligible, I suspect. But you know, I'm probably the third or fourth guy in line they ask for, so that's you get what you get. Um, <laughs> yeah, you get yeah. what you get. And it's been nice, you know, weather-wise. Uh, 
it's the air is rarefied, as Sinatra would say. But um, it's been nice here in D.C. because, as you say, oh, it's so great to be central Central Virginia summers. And that's not entirely true. It's just it's hot as it's hot as anything. You know, it's a uh, it gets it's humid. Da- but it's damnation it's hot. Um, but <laughs> but we haven't we have we've had a nice breeze recently, and it's been pleasant out. And I've yeah, yeah. I've forgotten that this is uh, that this is is D.C. a little bit. I'm enjoying it, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to talk much more about the weather per se, external weather, I should say. We're going to rather focus Ooh, on, is, as you I notice, like uh, an internal weather, a kind of storm uh-huh. that goes on, the heating Oof. up of the emotions and the, the heart, as Aquinas talks about. The, we thought we'd talk about the passion, the emotion, and I'm going to use those. Maybe Father Joseph Anthony will make a distinction with that. I'm going to use emotions and passions in the same way. Uh, passions that is the, the traditional way. terminology for things uh, in the, that we're talking about, but emotions are what most people talk about them, and the distinction isn't that important. So if you see me talk about passions or, or us talk about passions, emotions, just consider we're, we're treating them basically the same here without distinction. I um, refer to them simply as the feels. You the, know, feels. the feels. Yeah, the feels. Yeah, there yeah. you it hits, go. It hits me right in the feels. Is what yeah, it is. if we want to do it, you know, Edmund Husserl will talk about feeling acts. And the particular feeling act that we're going to talk about today is anger. And I think it's, it is the most misunderstood. It's, the most, it's a complicated emotion for all mm-hmm. sorts of reasons. I think in, um, in the movie uh, Inside Out, is that what it's called? Inside Out? Yes. Um, the yeah. cool Pixar movie. The animated movie. movie. Mm-hmm. Animated, yeah, Pixar movie on emotions and psychology, which is quite nice if you haven't seen this, and it has the different different kind of emotions. And I think anger is the he's kind of the he's got a, he's he's a short little red short stocky red yeah, guy. The, the I think if I remember big correctly, big little bumbly red red. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, but I think anger is 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 an emotion that is misunderstood, uh, and in the spiritual life and in the the life of virtue, it's important to figure out what it is or think a little more clearly about it so that you're not blindsided or that you can live well. So anger, I think, is, is just a complicated one. And we'll say perhaps why in all sorts of ways. But uh, Father Joseph Anthony, what, what do you think are the, what do you think are like the biggest misunderstandings of anger? And, and what, what do you think, what, what, do you, what do you generally feel in your college chaplaincy life with people when they yeah. talk about anger, for instance? What do you always have to correct them on? Or what do you think about anger? Um, I, I think when it comes to anger, one of the misconceptions with it is that, you know, the sin, once again, we'll, we'll get into talking about sins and what makes the difference between a passion or emotion and a sin. We'll, we'll talk mm. about that here in a little bit. Yeah. But um, I think when it comes to anger, they, they think the sin of anger is just being mad in that mm-hmm. you get upset at things or I get annoyed, like something that I don't have this immediate, like, unfiltered positive response to if i have anything other than a positive response to something then i'm this angry person and it's bad i'm like yes no actually we can have negative responses emotional responses passionate responses that are not positive and that doesn't mean we're sinning and that doesn't necessarily Mm. mean it's a bad thing either like we should probably have negative responses to things and that we shouldn't feel bad about that um, it's probably a sign that something's wrong, that there's an injustice somewhere, or there's a reason to be upset at something. Um, mm-hmm. It's okay yes. when other people, whether it's a classmate, uh, a roommate, a family member, it's okay when people annoy us. Like this is these are personality differences; they're not automatically sins. Um, yes. it's not definitely the deadly sin of anger that we, the capital vice that we'll talk about later. So I think that's my first response when we sure. start talking about this is the fact that like 
far too many people just assume if I've had a negative response to something, if I'm upset at something, I should be confessing it. And it's like, no, they for they forgot to put your pickles on your hamburger when you specifically asked them to. Like, I can be upset at that. Yes, that's good. No, and that's a nice start a foray into it. Um, and then, so let's, yeah, let's let's think about it for a second. You raised up the point about negative emotions. And the English language is, is, is tricky. So you might say, well, how is negative being used there? And you might initially think, well, a negative emotion is a negative thing. So it's like a negative in the sense of it's, it's a bad thing. So it's morally negative. But negative emotions um, need not be that. We might just be describing them. It might not be a normative description, like negative means bad, but negative means describing the object. For instance, when I say, oh, look, here's a negative number. Mm. You don't go mm -hmm. get that out of my face. Negative five, I hate <laughs> negative five. Negative five is just like five, except it's on the other side of the, you know, the dividing line, right? But it's, it's just a placement of it. And that, I think, is important to understand the emotional life because we have positive emotions and negative emotions. And you could say there are positive emotions that are good emotions and negative emotions are bad emotions. But before you, you have to figure out what makes an emotion good or bad. And that's mm -hmm. to do with the object. In the math example, what makes a number good or bad, it's what side of the dividing line it's on, you know, the zero line. And to make emotion bad or good, it's what kind of object is the emotion related to. The emotions themselves, the passions, are not negative. Just like a number, five in itself, is not positive or negative until I specify it. And mm -hmm. there are negative emotions which are not negative. A negative in the quantitative, like the object of them, is negative, but not negative in the moral sense, and they're not bad. And that's the kind of sum of it. This is Thomas Aquinas. He does a, his chart of things, basic, basic emotions, of course, concupiscible ones. Start up, It's all about love or hatred, and then you go to the object. Father Gregory would do a whole table, this sort of thing. I was you, say. Can just, you can just Google this. This is an R shtick. Um, but it is important <laughs> to say. There, it's there, and it's there, and it's concise. It's there, we got it covers it. everything not, very comprehensive. Yeah. It's really fun. It's great. But it, it, what, what's helpful for it is that negative emotions are the emotions related to negative objects. So the negative emotions themselves don't describe the emotion as it is, but what is it is moving towards. So your moral, your character of whether you should have this emotion or not depends on what the object is and the circumstances, not just the fact that you have that emotion. And that's what anger is. One of anger is one of the, you could say, negative emotions that is not always negative, you know? It's a bit like, yeah, yeah it's a bit like, um, for instance, sadness. Sadness is a negative emotion. Mm -hmm. And you might say that sadness or sorrow is something that we should entirely, like you should always feel bad about being sad. Like you should, if you have sorrow, you've done something wrong. But if your parent or your brother or your friend dies and you're not sorry, that's, that's bad. That's, yeah. You should have a negative emotion in that time, right? So, uh, And I think yeah. we can talk about that too. Like, We can talk about the passions, the emotions, um, and we can go even further and say attractions or whatever, but like they have zero moral quality to them, right? And that's, that's kind of what you're getting at. It's just the experience, the present of, presence of that thing that maybe has the... Um, the, the quality of it, um, or not the quality, but as you were saying, like of itself isn't negative yeah, until you assign it, it yeah. somewhere. The character of it isn't of itself negative. But like your uh, um, explanation with respect to sorrow is like, yes, 
sorrow as an experience is generally not a good thing. We don't want to encourage people to constantly be in sadness or sorrow. But in the right time, like it has its place because it points to the lack of a good, right? The losing yeah. a parent is a, our parents are good. We want our parents when they're no longer with us, that's we're lacking a good in our life. And so the experience of sorrow is appropriate in that time. So it's, I'm so thankful that you explained it the way you did is because it's like just those experience in the presence of those negative emotions, such as anger, being upset at something. Now we have to be a little more discerning on how we look at yeah. that. So when we start doing a, a daily examination of conscience and say, oh my yes. gosh, my day was filled with anger. Okay, well, let's go what a little we, further and start that? to work through that now. Yeah. You okay, just, so let's, you know, let's so dig down a little bit. On, <laughs> yeah, let's, you know, let's dig down. So we've got the sense of negative emotions and positive emotions and the fact that it's by the object. So let's, yeah, as you say, let's go down and talk about anger specifically when we're doing our examination of conscience or when we're thinking, oh, I felt angry. Was that good or bad? Was that, should I have? And first off, feelings are just feelings. It's a question of, I was angry, so it's a doing. Right. Happenings aren't your, sins are things that you do. They're not things you feel, you know? Okay, but, um, but so for anger, is, like, okay, like yeah, wait, go before we go in that, like, uh, one thing I'm always talking with my college students about is um, sins are in the will. I feel like I've said this 15,000 times in the confessional. I've probably said it 15,000 times on the podcast, and I never get sick and tired of it. But sins are in the will. They're not in our intellect, and they're not in our passions. And so just as you were saying, you know, having that feeling of um, being perturbed or angry at something, that's something that happens to us. But sins are the doings. I acted in this way. I, yes. you know, I was vengeful against something or whatnot. So we can break that down, but it's so, yes. so good to highlight at the very beginning that sins are in the will of the human person. It's a that's consent. Right. It's an no, that's right. That's right. Consent towards exactly this right. way. It's an, it's an action. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Let's talk about anger then. So anger is in some broad definition of it, something like it's a movement of the emotions. It's a sense appetite, as, we, as, as Thomas says, sort of thing. It's a movement of your kind of physicality, you could say, mm -hmm. um, seeking, uh, seeking revenge. So it's a movement mm -hmm. of the sense appetite, seeking revenge. And that might sound like, now, wait a minute. That just sounds like a negative thing because it's always bad to seek revenge. But could you explain to us what 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 is it? What's the what's the revenge aspect of 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 this? What's what's the anger actually about? You could say, or just spell that definition out a little. Well, I, I think when we when we talk about anger, then we start to get into tricky places because you're right; it is about revenge. It's about kind of that um, making up for something that was. Um, imposed on another person, maybe unjustly or done to another person um, illegitimately. And so when we enter into that, we can say that maybe there are some opportunities or times where that is, once again, maybe that's appropriate. And we start to get into some tricky areas because we see things in scripture that are referencing anger in a positive way. You know, somebody being angry on behalf of the Lord the Lord's anger in the temple, seeing mm -hmm. how the house of God was being used for uh, tr illicit means, you know, tr different trade and things like that. So now we have to maybe qualify a little more about like, well, okay, there can be good anger and bad anger. So what are we talking about with anger? Um, because you can see that maybe that revenge or um, in, a, in a positive way is 
restoring justice. So mm-hmm. if something was done to, uh, you know, somebody becomes a victim of some kind of crime, there might be an appropriate response of anger that this person had something illegitimately taken away from them. Um, and to restore that is to actually act out of that uh, response in anger for mm-hmm. that injustice that was done. And that can even be on behalf of God, too. Uh, we see that, that, that we want to restore something that was taken away illegitimately or imposed or, or um, done in such a way that we want to restore that justice. And that, in a sense, is a, a revenge for an action that causes anger within us, or not causes, but um, elicits a certain type of anger response out of us. Yeah, and I, I think that's so... The revenge, again, is a word that you might think, you know, seeking vengeance is a bad thing. We shouldn't be seeking vengeance. Or if we're in comic book world, you know, vengeance is, is, is this. And we have these phrases like vengeance is mine, say it the Lord. And so vengeance is something we should is, that's bad. And you think, well, actually, if, it's, if the vengeance is the Lord's, then it must be good because nothing that the Lord has is bad. So vengeance is good. The question is whether we can practice vengeance. And mm-hmm. as long as you think that restoring right, restoring unju- injustices, like restoring justice, which is an act of, act of vengeance, um, is something that we can do and are called to do. You might you might say, well, you know, just vengeance is mine, says the Lord, so it's not our job to do anything when there are injustices. You would be nuts. Um, <laughs> you, would, you would have excluded yourself from the moral community that's called human beings. Um, but, so I'm going to grant that you can participate in vengeance, and therefore vengeance is restoring the right. Now, anger is, you know, ancient about anger is, of course, it is the seeking of revenge so it's the it's these movement of sense of appetite seeking a revenge which is so important because it's not necessarily achieving uh that Mm-mm. because and this is where you might say someone has done something wrong so saint thomas talks about the generally the uh, acts against that cause anger the motives for anger are slights done to one he has a particular meaning by that but but a slight so someone someone insults you or someone treats you poorly someone does something wrong to you we're not talking about like big things but little things that just kind of you know, make you angry. You feel all of a sudden you feel this person has become an enemy of you or something. You have this movement of the affect towards Mm -hmm. this person Mm -hmm. and you want to fix something. Something's been done wrong. Now, I like about the the anger is it's not, it's not the act of, it's not an act of justice qua itself, but it's the seeking that because it might very well be the case that even though you were angry and justifiably so, and there's no need to confess this, you don't do anything about it. Yeah. There's nothing you do. Yeah. Right. So maybe walk through, what do you think, what kind of situations were, what would be the considerations when you say, cause we're, we're making a positive case for anger at saying, look, if you're not attentive to the fact that you're angry at things and you don't endorse that, you're going to be a doormat and you're not going to be fully human. Because no. just like if you were, if your one of your parent dies, uh, if one of your parents dies, and you don't have sad sorrow about it, there's something wrong with you. If someone slights you and you don't feel angry and don't want to seek, don't seek revenge, you're not seeking, feeling the desire and wanting revenge, then there's something wrong with you, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yet, at the same point, we're not saying that therefore you can never sin in anger. Like you can never anger turns out it's just it's always good. You know, it's more well, like I mean, joy, is... although Eve, you can even say enjoy. <laughs> but go ahead, explain when would so when well, can the... you when can anger be a sin? Would you say because of this? Yeah, I mean, there's a legitimacy to this thinking about anger as a sin and why it why we want to avoid it so much and why people are so kind of like tense about it. like any experience of it is like oh I gotta this is so bad 
it's because it's one of the capital seven capital sins the seven deadly sins is it's anger is in there and i remember um oh man i, I forget exactly which desert father it was um but reading one one of the desert fathers says anger is one of the sins that we can't actually never overcome and like mm-hmm. he's like it's always going to be there it's one of those temptations that is perennial in humanity and i like love that i was like wow man of all of those you know, sloth, envy, lust, and all that. He said, anger's the temptation that we can never truly rid ourselves of. Like, it's always going to be there. So and when so, do we sin? When do we sin when we're when yeah. we're angry, would you say? And, and I think that's when we can talk about maybe two different kinds of anger. Mm. Um, the difference between wrath and zeal. And I think when we move into wrath, that is when we are sinning, right? Wrath is going to be this unjust anger that isn't just that kind of emotional response to the slight or seeing that something's done, but now it's actually moving it into actuation. So I feel that and I want to respond and I'm going to respond. So now I start acting out of wrath and mm-hmm. um, especially with anger, you, you find yourself blinders coming in and you're like kind of honing in on a target and you now want to inflict damage on that. And yeah. it's like, I've experienced damage. So my retaliation, my avenge is to damage and destroy either the name of somebody else or the physical property or physical uh, person that's in front of me. And I move this now into just this negative emotion or negative feeling. And now I start to inflict out of wrath the damage and retaliation to the other. Um, and I think yeah. that's when we can actually start talking about the sins of anger and the sins of wrath is that kind of moving to inflicting some kind of damage. Um, in, yeah, in that's... That no, that seems and that seems that seems really helpful about the damage part. I think in, it's helpful in wrath and zeal. Is zeal is a, is an, they're both enthusiastic, you could say, outward motion motions mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. Um, zeal for the house of the Lord will consume me. Of course, is what as you've referenced Jesus in the temple. Um, he's he's acting out of anger, and it's zeal, not wrath. What makes it between zeal and wrath? And I think you're right to say that. Wrath is this sense of you move from vengeance, which is about restoring an objective order. So it's about the thing that was violated in the in in the situation, which you can take a little distance to, even if it's you. Someone slighted you. There's been an mm-hmm. evil done, and you want to restore what? You want to restore reputation, justice, something. But wrath is where instead of the objective kind of feature, I take it, it's now you've become the center of attention. So it's not that justice qua justice in relation to you has been violated but you have been violated through an act of injustice it's the re it's the switch it's just like you know any sort of sins are some often sins are putting the right relationship with god and us has been swapped to us and god we're first and he's yeah. second as opposed to the other yeah. way or just like in the passions and and reason it's supposed to be that reason directs passions, but sin, of course, flips that. This is an effect of the fall. And I think zeal and wrath are kind of that flip. That wrath and zeal might look the same outwardly. Like it might look the same. Um, it might be just more, I don't know, more shouting if Jesus was, was you know, doing the temple out of excursion of wrath. But, it's, but actually the internal act is very different because out of wrath would be to make yourself great. Yeah. And that's where I think the, where the yeah. kind of it gets exuberant. If you're, if you're zealous, then it's 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 a there's a moderation to it there's an attentive you're zealous but there's a there's a constraint there's a limit because you have to re- replace an objective order whereas wrath is well you could just keep expanding because you're mm-hmm. not god we're not infinite and i could require more praise i could do more i could ask for more 
And so it has, that's where it oversteps. And I think most people, when they, when they, when you do confess sins of anger, when you're angry, it's, it's in a sense, you were un, you were too angry. It's not that you were mm -hmm. angry. It's that you went too far. You know, you responded to a situation too much, too exuberantly, too negatively, this kind of thing. Does that, what do you think about that? Yeah. And I think that's when it comes down to when we're actually like making this distinction, when we talk about wrath, it's, it's an unjust anger. So like you said, it, it went to an extreme, right? It, it didn't have that middle ground. It, it went to an extreme of excess. Yeah. Whereas that's right. um, zeal is actually just anger. Like there's a cause, there's a, there's an order to it. There, there is an offense, there is an injustice that's been done and it's about restoring that but in a in a just manner with an appropriate thing like there was innocence violated so there needs to be a justice restored and you want to do that not just you know very in a beige blah way but like no that it should take vigor that should upset us and we should be passionate about restoring justice we should be mm -hmm. passionate about restoring the honor and dignity to those that had had it taken away from them for whatever reason so zeal yeah. is a good thing we want to encourage that we want people to be zealous but that's about just anger whereas unjust goes to that excess and it becomes yeah. kind of unwieldy and then you know does do a lot of hurt and damage um outside of restoring order and i really appreciate how you kind of started saying that like there's this desire to restore order outside of just inflicting retaliation or something yeah. on on the other and also the circumstances such that you could you can imagine a situation where someone slights you in a conversation around friends or something or something like this and you feel angry at the person that they've challenged you you know whether mm -hmm, they said mm -hmm. that you know you know you're making that up or whatever or challenge something you know to be true and you might say okay i'm feeling angry and i have this emotional response and i want to seek justice for this and the question is is that the point where you like lay into that person for having two cats or something like do you just lay in it it's <laughs> like that is that the moment to do this or is it better to, is there, you know, is there another way to deal with it? Is there a different, yeah. better time? Is it impossible in that moment to correct all wrongs? Because there are just, in life, this is part of the deal with the virtuous life is knowing through prudence, um, Father Gregory's book, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's uh, being attentive to, the, to, to acting in the right ways for the right reason at the right times, knowing when's the appropriate time to pull your, si your friend aside and say, hey, you said this, I'm wondering, you know, I just want to let you know that's really... That kind of thing, knowing when to do this in the right time. And that's the moral life is being attentive to how to do that well. Second thing is, in those situations, for instance, where you can't do something about it, or you, it's not right to do something about it, or even if you're, you're feeling like you're, you're bordering on going too far, you feel like uh, there's something going on here, it's ang I'm angry, but you don't have, you need to, f you want to fight that a little bit because you think I'm going to actually go, I'm an angry person in general, I know I fly off the handle with this person, what have you. And a lot of times, to avoid the vices is to bring in corresponding virtues. Um, so what, what would you say on the positive, how, what kind of positive virtues or even emotions you could say, yeah. um, would, would you, should we be attentive to, to when we feel angry and are worried that we might, we might be going too far or there's no way to get around it. What, what kind of positive virtues would you, would you say here? I think the virtue that corresponds with anger and you're, I'm going back to the beatitudes on this is meekness. Now, mm -hmm. meekness, I think, uh, gets a bad rap a lot of times for just being like a pushover, like a doormat, like, oh, the meek, look at him. He doesn't really, he just lets everybody do whatever, says anything, it just rolls off his back. No, meekness, I think, 
maybe in a more contemporary way is to call it gentleness. So like yeah. you're not necessarily like letting people. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what we want everybody <laughs> to be. Just like you know, little little pansies. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we no, want what to is make it? sure it's it's that gentleness that we you're still able to confront the issues. You're still able to talk to this person, but you do so not with that sharpness and that edge to cut to do damage to retaliate. That maybe anger is pushing you to. But you can maybe just soften that a little bit and introduce that kind of uh, proper relationship where it's not about this like personal attack, but you maybe move more with zeal. And I think that's where gentleness or meekness mm -hmm. can help move anger from wrath closer to zeal. And, yeah. and it's a gentleness to say like, no, I'm still going to address this issue because there was an injustice done, but I want to do so with actual gentleness to help this person maybe either recognize what wrong they've done or help move them to contrition or sorrow. And that's only really done through gentleness. And it's yeah. actually imitating the divine and how he operates with us with great gentleness. So yes. that's where I would say is like focusing on that where it's not writing off and say, well, whatever, I'm angry about it. I'm just not gonna deal with it because I'm a meek person. No, shut up, deal with the con like conflict in front of you, but to do so with meekness and gentleness. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely, I like you tied this in, I'm going to make a shameless plug to St. Faustina, my favorite saint, um, is that, yeah, God's God's first <laughs> attribute in relation to us is mercy. Because you might say, mm -hmm. why respond in gentleness? Why respond in gentleness? And there's good reasons not to. One of the good reasons, too, is because that's how God acts. And generally, yes. if you want to know someone, you have to act like them and be with them. And so if you want to live with God for eternity as opposed to the other option, um, then you want to be more like him. And therefore, meekness and gentleness are expressions of mercy, which is the way he responds to us as opposed to anger. Um, we can all do a whole kind of do, do how, how Catholics understand atonement versus how the Calvinists understand atonement and all of this. Um, but he responds yeah. not in anger, of course, but in mercy and gentleness. And Christ, of course, is angry at points when he needs to be angry. But the majority of times Christ is interacting with people, he's not angry. He's not he's responding to anger with this. He's pretty gentle. And therefore, there, the the reason you might say of why, why be gentle with someone, because God's been gentle with you. Yes. And, <laughs> and don't worry, other people have too. There's plenty yeah. of reasons, because guess what? You are not the center of the universe or in the the, the key actor on the stage here that's god and yeah, your emotions yeah. are set and your passions are set to register apps actual reality and not your own conception of your own play that you're that you're over dramatizing okay yeah, okay well, so hopefully this has been helpful. Um, I have I've enjoyed it and uh, to talk and this it's it's so important that that people get their passions right and their emotions right. It's not we're not layer cakes. I think people have this conception of like we're animals, but then you throw on a, a layer like, cakes. It, yeah, so it's like you got a layer. It's like when we think of us being rational animals. I was thinking about this recently. Uh, if you think about us being rational animals, it's like you have you know a cake has it's got the the regular kind of yellow cake part and then it's got the frosting attached on top, but it's not spread through right. It's frosting on top of the cakes so you have layers i think people think rational animals means like we're animals like the like the kind of you know yellow cake and then you throw on that kind of rational part and it relates to it because when i bite into a cake i bite into a a yellow cake with icing when i bite into a man i bite into a animal with a rational thing on top of it but 
that's not true. When you bite into a man, you've got flesh and it tastes gross. But no, they integrate for us like our emotions sort of thing. And so the passions, the passions are, 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 are part of our reason. They're related to this and integrated. And if we don't integrate the passions because they're a lot louder due to the effects of sin, our reasons serious our reasons in serious trouble so it's i think it's super important uh to to work on and getting passions correctly so that you're actually making not a, a layer cake but understand that we're something like a i don't know a mixed bowl or a parfait a or something being. oh my god whatever I'm, I'm crying i'm laughing so hard yeah all right yeah. that's probably i just time. i just think that this is new material for our merch store if we get t-shirts and made that say like get your passions right or t-shirts don't be a layer cake. maybe mugs yeah. that say don't be a layer cake don't bite um, into humans yeah we're going to take yeah. that to our next quarterly meeting uh for new merch so be on the lookout for that listeners let's see if we can get that moving that's fantastic but thanks to again to all of our supporters and listeners if you'd like to give money and support in any fashion even baked goods uh check us out at patreon.com forward slash godsplaining follow us on facebook twitter instagram truth social whatever like subscribe leave a five star review or more visit godsplaining.org to shop uh aforementioned merch uh, and get dates and information for upcoming godsplaining events we've got some retreats coming up please pray for those too we could use those prayers and it's always a fun time we're looking forward to uh, i know father joseph anthony as well to seeing you some of you face to face prosopon you know the way god sees the sun uh, god the father sees the son the holy spirit you know face to face so it's always great to do that and to uh and to, to shake hands and actually see human beings again. So we're looking forward to that. Pray for us. Uh, we'll be praying for you. And that's enough for this episode of God's Plan.